producer. You want to just start out with um, like introducing yourself and then what else do I want you to say? Introduce yourself. How long have you been producing? Yeah. And yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my name is Eric. Um, I kind of just like picked soccer. I was with my homie and we were just like running through a ton of like random like two syllable names to see what would stick. And then we just kind of landed on Sokka and he was like, I like that for you. And I was just like, all right. And since then I've kind of gone with that. Have you ever considered that it's also the name of a character from Avatar The Last Airbender? Definitely. And I used to have that haircut. So that's also why um, we kind of like riffed on that name. And I kind of feel like I act like that dude. <laughs> like I'm definitely an idiot. <laughs> and his entire like character is like, him kind of being the good guy but also like being like mildly self-involved and like mildly an idiot and that's definitely me <laughs> he just like doesn't have powers he can't compete and then they give him a katana in like the later episodes and it's like i mean that's he kind of cool. kicks ass though his sword fucking cuts through everything i mean you know he tries yeah, he yeah, tries yeah. his best <laughs> god that was a great show yeah definitely definitely a really good show did you ever watch legend of korra yeah of course dude i kept up heavily with all of avatar it kind of fell off a little bit after the, the first season was really good and then it was like because they had this whole like interesting concept and it was like political and shit and then i don't know kind of like got boring the og avatar is still way better <laughs> do you watch a lot of anime just random side tangent <laughs> dude i used to watch a ton of anime i actually like i went to high school in virginia and for a long time i was like embarrassed about like watching anime and shit and like all this other like Asian stuff because I wanted to like assimilate really bad, <laughs> I think. Um, like I played lacrosse and shit in high school and I fucking like don't like, I don't like that shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think I just like really wanted to be cool in high school and deep down I was just a fucking nerd. I was like playing League of Legends like semi-professionally, like secretly, I <laughs> trying to hide really? it from all my homies, yeah. I actually know... Um, I used to play like semi-pro video games with Josh Pan and Gil Chang. You were playing League or what professional game? I was playing Heroes of New Earth. Oh, that's kind of like League, right? Yeah, it's like a faster paced version. But I feel like that's one of the reasons why I've been able to kind of pick up producing decently quickly. Like I've, I started producing last year, like 2017, November, like end of November. Um, so I'm producing for like a year and some change now, a year and a half almost. Not that long. <laughs> yeah, but um, I feel like because of video games, I've been like able to like really dive in. In those games, you have to move so quick and like constantly check the map and like look around. And I mean, I could see how it, in the flow of making music, if you want to just be fast, like that would help. Yeah, it's like all like weird workflow shit that I feel like I'm way faster at with like hotkeys and stuff in general I've noticed with like in-person collabs I tend to like move faster on the DAW than like a lot of my homies who like are better producers and shit too you know are um, you like a hotkey wizard yeah I definitely fuck with hotkeys like heavily I'm I'm never right clicking <laughs> yeah 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 um, oh, well that's that's legit <laughs> um yeah man so you started producing 
Did you have any musical background besides that? Yeah, so I actually played the sax when I was like nine, and I kind of like did it through high school, and then I kind of stopped um, because I was like really into acapella <laughs> in college for a year, and then I got really bored of that, and then kind of like dove headfirst into like the festival circuit and like just like went to hell of festivals. I was I was going to Pitzer College at the time in like Claremont, which is like near LA. Um, and like me and all my homies just like fully dove into like the transformational festival scene, you know, symbiosis and like lightning in a bottle and shit. Um, that was like so crazy to me. And that was also around the same time, like I kind of started experimenting with like acid and shit, obviously. <laughs> Who were you seeing when you were going to these shows? Um, like Closey and like Charles the first and like all these like kind of glitchy, like trappy, um, bass music heads that weren't weren't as established as they are now like Closey's fucking huge now when i first saw her she was like playing at the pagoda which is this like side stage at lib and now she's like <laughs> playing like all across the, the country at like all times pretty much so did any of your other friends start making music like you who like came up in the same crew definitely actually they started producing before i did this was almost like six years ago. Yeah, five five or six years ago. And all of them like started producing like almost immediately. And I was just like not kind of putting it off. Um, I got really into like fire spinning and shit and like flow arts. Oh yeah, like poi. Yeah, yeah. Like was super into poi for a long time. And then um, I was living in the Bay at the time. Now I'm living in LA, but I was working as like a product designer for this startup. I still, I still work for them doing like part-time stuff for them, but at the time we like went out to some show and I was like, Oh man, like when I make music, I want to make this. And he's like, dude, if you're going to fucking talk about it, like just fucking do it, dude. Like you're still spinning poi. And like, honestly, like, do you really think you're going to be spinning poi when you're 40? <laughs> and I was like, that's a fair point. Um, like I still always love like flow arts and like all my homies who do it. I don't know. I really think I've finally, I've always been like a serial hobbyist and this is like, this dude, um, he actually makes house music. He goes by Sammy Legs. He's like killing it. He he recently just like won this like Beatport contest, and he's like basically getting adopted by like Dirty Bird, which is great for him. Oh shit, nice. Um, but me and him and a couple of my other homies have like the same exact like personality trait, where it's like we're serial hobbyists, and like up until producing, we kind of just like dabbled in hella shit, and then with production, it's kind of like holy fuck, this is like this is the one, you know, <laughs> it's like so remarkably deep. There's always shit to learn. Everyone has a trick that you wouldn't even think of, you know? You know, there's so much different music, even just in electronic music. It's You could be making future bass music and then you could be like, oh, I want to make more wonky type stuff. Yeah, and exactly. You spend all your time doing that. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be making bass music necessarily in like 10 years, you know? But I know I will be making, like, some kind of music. I'm probably going to make tunes for the rest of my life. You know? Yeah. Some, you know what I think about is, like, if I ever become a dad, like, how many people... Or, like, okay, first of all, what my kids would think of my music. And then second of all, like, I feel like our generation has a lot more people that... Um, will have recordings of their music opposed to people who are like yeah i played guitar or whatever it's like our generation of producers 
will keep those files most likely and be able to show them to their kids. Yeah. It's just like there's going to be a bunch of dads out there that are like, That's yeah, you so can make true. a That's bass so music. If you were to show your kids your music, what do you think they would think of it? Like, I don't even know what's music gonna be in that amount of time. It's gonna be ridiculous. Dude, by then I feel like it's gonna be so experimental though that they would like maybe fuck with it. Because like, I feel like with experimental bass and like, or experimental trap or whatever you wanna call it, halftime DNB, I feel like we are, I guess not to sound like genre supremacist because I think like there's cool shit happening in every genre, but I think like, People are the most down to do whatever the fuck to a track in like this umbrella, you know? And I feel like it's the most, it's just like the most innovative genre right now. I feel like, like, I feel like a lot of things that are happening. Um, I mean, there's cool shit happening. Like John, I think John Hopkins is like really fucking dope and he's like definitely in the technosphere, you know? At the same time, I feel like what we're doing to audio is so fucking weird and like not kosher and like not normal. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's going to probably be closer to like what music is going to pop off in the future, you know? So maybe my kids would fuck with it. I mean, maybe they're, they're like going to already be listening to like real alien music, <laughs> but I feel like we're the closest to it, you know? Yeah. They're going to be like listening to music and you're going to be yelling at them, like come down to dinner and they're just, it's going to be playing throughout their body. Like it's not going to be wearing <laughs> headphones and shit. You're like, God damn it. It was so much yeah. simpler back then. Yeah. Shit was just in <laughs> stereo. Oh yeah, dude. We, we, we could have like, we could make some serious, crazy, like technological advancements in the future where it's like, dude, like we're still, we're, we've been like stereo for a minute, you know? Like, yeah, we've been stuck in like stereo for a long time. And like, I feel like someone's going to invent some crazy sound system. That's like, 360 like different points of fucking like just crazy imaging shit that you could do in the future you know have you ever heard of dolby atmos no actually it's like they use it in film but recently they installed a system or i think it was pretty recently um at this bar in chicago and apparently it's like one of the only two places like in the world that has a club system that's using this technology it's kind of like um surround sound but i guess there's just more like possibilities of movement and i don't know i haven't been to a show yet but i'm definitely trying to go it's like some kind of weird visceral sound show that is like, super that sick. sick is this is this in uh in chicago yeah yeah it's at this place called sound bar dude that's so crazy infected mushroom played a show and apparently it was just fucking crazy i have this one friend who has synesthesia and like he went to the show and he was just like yeah man like sounds were just flying around everywhere i was like what i've never experienced Dude, anything that like is, that that sounds that is so, so cool. sick but it's also like um my ex-girlfriend used to have that and mm. um <laughs> we were at symbiosis and we were definitely on some shit <laughs> and uh this was at oh minnesota back-to-back -back g jones and they dropped long distance by sam gelly before that was released this was like in 2014 um it's so like a year before it was released 
and I had never heard music like that and I was freaking out and she was just like fully blind like could not see anything it was just like I I can't see right now I, all I see is colors damn I had to like help her out of like the crowd afterwards like she couldn't even walk because she was so blind she was like fully like just could not see anymore it was just all colors like exploding fractals and shit <laughs> damn that is nuts and did it ever affect her in like her everyday life just like talking to people yeah she was telling me it would give her anxiety and shit and like it would kind of fuck with her but it was also like sick because she like loved music so much more you know oh it's fascinating how things can get miswired and then all of a sudden you're like seeing sound that's that's crazy but the the friend that i was talking about he said that when he would go into a bar it was really disorienting and he would mm-hmm. just see brown because that was something to do with like the frequency of the human voice and like the cacophony of sound that it was just that's so like, funny disorienting. that it's brown. like of all the colors yeah. you think of visualizing i feel like that's like you would not think it would be brown <laughs> yeah exactly it's like maybe the yeah, worst I don't know, color man. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, it's not even on the color wheel. It's just, it's like a mix of colors that, uh, it's just poop color. Yeah. <laughs> like. yeah. All right, well, that was a pretty big side tangent. Um, I wanted to ask because, you know, it sounds like you were listening to a lot of music before you started producing and like you had a musical background, but what did you start producing when you got into it? Dude, I had very, like, low aspirations when I first started producing. I was like, I'm just going to make lo-fi beats and, like, chill and, like, whatever, you know? Like, I was Mm -hmm. just kind of, like, putting sacks on, like, very, very lo-fi beats, like, throwing, like, two OTCs in the master and, like, putting Saturn on it and, like, just side-chaining everything to the kick, you know? (laughs) Just, like, Mm -hmm. vibey shit. And then I kind of, like, started listening to um, one of my friends, Indigo Beck, um, okay. he doesn't make music under that moniker anymore, but, um, I started listening to like his shit. And then through that, like a bunch of the MIDI boys. Mm, yeah. Okay. And I was like super into like dude, Umru and like Mitch Geist and like Vide, um, player Dave as well. Also included in that, but I was homies with him before production as well. Um, and mm. through his music, I also like kind of found all the weird trap people, but more on the melodic side. And so like, I kind of transitioned from, doing lo-fi to being like damn i want to make music like that like that shit's so sick like oh she is sick as fuck you know weird inside is sick as fuck um yeah and then i kind of just like oh you know who it was it was like blake scouring and like something something and like uh saruta and shit that kind of really put me on to like the weirder trap shit because i feel like at the time um well i guess it kind of really started with vide because i was listening to his like more vibey shit at the time and then i like found his weird bass shit and i was like i don't even know what this is you know like i didn't even realize it was like bass music because it's so different than what i'd like heard at festivals that was bass music at the time you know like yeah like it wasn't just trap yeah it was like odd like just weird beats you know and i was like this is super sick um and then through that found those other artists like blake and suruda and like woolly mammoth and shit um and then I kind of just started making, mm-hmm. trying to make weird trap. Um, and then slowly but surely kind of like, dude, it's like a gateway drug. <laughs> like in future beats is like the most palatable form, you know, and then you slowly just get into weirder and weirder shit. And now I'm like, now I'm like super deep into neuro. Like I fucking love like all the kids on upscale 
um mm-hmm. like chi is destroying it he's probably like one of my biggest inspirations right now dude i went to go see g jones he just played um on like this past thursday oh, and man. the lineup was chi saruda and g jones i missed chi but oh. i saw saruda still sick though dude, um, so dude sick. that show like fucking like changed my life for a sec this was like in november when i saw him in la and it was like insane I like stayed up all night making beats. It, you beat saw that same show. Yeah. But it wasn't Saruta who played after she, I wish it was, it was truth. Um, it was still sick, but like, I don't, I don't like dubstep that much, which is interesting. Cause I, I feel like my music is very close to that, but it's just like the lack of groove for me, you know, like for the biggest thing above everything else for me when it comes to music is like groove. And like, I just, I just don't like the like 140 like, kick on the one on the two you know like it's still like sick i mean it's definitely a very hyphy genre and like i'm gonna respect the fact that like a lot of what i'm doing comes from that you know but i don't know dude like anyone on curtis fam you just listen to the groove and you're like fuck like this is so fucked up like it sounds like a drunk man Mm -hmm. embodied in a beat just like hella fucked up and you're like this is so swaggy (laughs) yeah dude i i like because like dubstep depending on which kind of dubstep it is it's really like on the beat and like super there's nothing loose about it really yeah it's just too on the grid you know like everything happens like where you would expect it to happen and like Mm -hmm. i don't want music to like be that static i want beats that are like in the fucking no i feel you (laughs) do you have any techniques to share about uh just groove and yeah i actually do a lot of like weird voice memoing to myself like i kind of like will hit like a metronome and then just kind of like beatbox a groove to myself. That's like really swung. And then I'll just take that and like toss up the transients a bunch. And then like, I can see them super clearly. And then I just like make my drums follow the same exact, like off the grid thing. And also like just right click and turn off the grid on Ableton. Like you don't fucking need that shit. (laughs) Right. I Um, mean, it's a nice starting place. Yeah. If you, if you're doing your drums and audio, I mean, um, sometimes I play in like hats and shit, but, um for like my kick snare i like to kind of like usually get the first kick like perfectly on the one you know mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah yeah i also do a lot of like ghost kicks like kicks that are super quiet but then if i'm like using volume shaper or sidechain or something it's still sidechaining to that channel you know and it'll still pick up like the impulse response um so mm-hmm. you still get like the quick duck and everyone's like wait there's no kick there but it kind of like hints at the groove in a really dope way, I think. Yeah, I, I, I need to fuck with that more. I always feel like, oh, I'll just like sidechain it. But it's almost like you can just add the sidechain wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Which... You can do cr- some crazy shit too. Um, shout out uh, Hudson Lee for teaching me this. But if you have another channel and then you like throw in like a tiny little pluck in operator or something and make it follow your kick, you get like the tiniest little ducks um, and then you can like set, you can tr- put track delay on that so that the side chain ducks earlier. If you hit like 15 or 20 milliseconds before your kick, you get the duck before the kick. So everything ducks out of the way, like really, really noticeably out of the way of the kick. And then it all kind of like hits you. And it's like, hmm. I think it's really dope. It's made a big difference in my tracks, I think. Yeah, dude, you could just do anything with um, side chain. Like you could do so many different types of instruments also gates i feel like i, I never side chain 
gates, but you can get mm-hmm. some really interesting rhythms there too. Definitely. You can also do like the, you can gate things to textures. Um, and then you can like have them hit with those textures. Like if you had like a bunch of like coins rustling or something and you like gate it to your snare, um, and then like turn it on and off, you can get like really cool, weird textures with your snare. So like you like side chain it to your snare and then you like flip uh-huh. it so that it will hit on the side chain instead of like off. Like instead of having it duck out of the way, it like hits during the snare coming in. I always think about like, oh, I need to make chords, get like the harmony of the song. But then it's like you could have the most simple chords and do some crazy shit and people would be like, yo, this is. Um, yeah, it's always like, like using simple shit and then like making it as complex as possible. And that's where I feel like the biggest difference is between like novice and like good producers even my earlier beats like a couple months ago i was like so many tracks trying to like do complicated cool shit i would have like 200 tracks in in a song and i'd be like this this is good this is cool now it's complex you know but now it's like my my most recent release for example which i think it's i'm most proud of that song out of all my releases so far i think and it's like literally 25 tracks and it sounds like super complex and full you should just take one element and one motif and like milk it, you know? And I think that's Mm -hmm. what like, that's what's kind of like limiting this genre from like being more popular in a way is that like people haven't applied the pop formula or people that have are the people that are already blowing up. Like with Chi, for example, Mm -hmm. he takes like one motif and it's the same motif the whole song. He just like fucks it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it just made me think of like G. Jones, that song where it's called Different Sound. It's the same rhythm. It's like Mm -hmm. a similar sound, but it just like keeps going to something crazier and crazier or like crazy, then chilled out and then like back to crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's the appeal of like shades. Like they literally have the same fucking riff going the whole time. They just like run it through their modular shit and then just fucking with it. But it's the same riff the entire time with the same like simple like swaggy ass drums and people lose their shit because it's like so simple and easy to follow Mm -hmm. but also it's just so like high energy i think they were like the ultimate (laughs) that i was like kind of like i kind of just try to draw inspiration from as many people at the same time including my friends i think some of the shit my friends are making is like doper than what's like popular in bass music even um but i just think in general like i don't ever want to sound like anyone else um and I feel like mm-hmm. when people get over-inspired by a singular person, they kind of just, like, do what they do. You, like, jack, like, a little bit from everyone that you know, you know? Um, yeah, it's hard not to copy the things that you like because it's, like, I'm sure that you're listening to a lot of music that's on the forefront of just how crazy can we make this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best way to go about it, I think, is, like, you, you like, can reference it or whatever. But then the difference is, like, how would you make it a cooler beat? You know what I mean? Like, what would you do to make it more you? Or what would you do to make it better, in your opinion? You know, and usually when you apply that, it ends up sounding more like you than it does another person.
I'm trying to write with more intention now because I feel like I feel like it's very commonplace in experimental bass to kind of throw shit at the wall and hope like something sticks. And I feel like what is commonly out there right now is kind of indicative of that like motivation to write bass music. Maybe in general with electronic music, I feel like people are just like fucking around and like they get these happy accidents and it's like, I think when you get to the stage in your artistry where you're like writing an album or an EP, like you can't really do that mm -hmm. anymore, you know? It wouldn't make any sense anymore. It would just be like, all right, man, we need some focus. Like what yeah, are you actually trying to exactly. do? Exactly. And it's like deliberating over like, for example, you're talking about how you deliberate over like chords or like harmonies. And that's actually super mm -hmm. fucking important. Like, I think that's the kind of like mindset people need to kind of apply to bass music. Um, and I think that's what's going to like launch the genre forward, you know? I just have like a really high expectation of this entire genre because I think there's a chance for this to like really fucking take over in the next like couple years or few years. But to do that, it needs to be more palatable. It needs to more ex be like more accessible and it needs to like communicate a message better instead of like, let me just swag out on this beat and see how like tough I can like destroy this audio. So did you write that little piano part at the end? No, that's actually a meme. <laughs> it's like oh, the really? lick from jazz. Um, I don't know if you're super familiar. If you look it up on YouTube, actually, it's just a super common like riff. Everyone hits it when there's soloing in jazz. Da -da 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 -da, you know, it's such a common riff and I just thought it would be funny. I like though that the feeling though of like the keys that are dragged out and like warped. Mm -hmm. I really fuck with that sound. Um, <laughs> yeah. If my homie Vide listens to this, he's going to give me so much shit for this. But I love warping shit with Ableton's warp algorithm. Like I know it like makes these like weird grainy sounds, but I kind of love those. Like it sounds so fucked up. <laughs> You can make it sound like unlistenable almost. You're just like, okay, that's, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with that. But that was just on the edge of like, oh, it's just like a little bit fucked up. Yeah. I mean, all, like all the textures I have in that track, a lot of them are like just me resampling things and fucking stretching them out on like texture mode and like messing with the grain size um, or like just tossing in granulator. For sure. Yeah. Dude, granulator is fucking powerful. <laughs> Dude, I use it so much, dude. I use it for, like, everything right now. Is there a point where you've, like, gone too far? Definitely. And sometimes it's fucked because you go a little too far and then it's just, like, destroyed and you need to, like, just delete it and start again. Especially with, like, there's this uh, Max for Live device called 
uh, granular mirror maze, and you can get some like insane like sounds like bones creaking, like these crazy like I'm sure you heard it at the very end of my track um, with the outro, um, but it sounds like literally like something like a door creaking because <laughs> it's like the pitch and like it granulating at the same time, and like sometimes like it'll just kind of lock onto that, and then it's just like squealing at you. And you're just like, oh, fuck, no. fuck, fuck, fuck. And you just got to delete it and like, <laughs> like delete it off the track and like restart pretty much. Dude. Yeah. It's uh, uh dealing with feedback. It's, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. So I want to do this other section and I feel like you're such a good person to do this with because your Twitter is like pretty popping like you say some funny shit on it <laughs> so what i do sometimes is go through people's twitter and like pull some some things you've said and then shoot them back at you and see what you think so yeah i don't know what to call this section i'm thinking about calling like twitter talks and then like a bird like whistles or something yeah that'd be pretty funny It's still in the works, um, but let's see. Okay, I got a few here. What about, which one? Uh, okay, bring back tech step. <laughs> um, I was talking to uh, my homie Hudson, and mm-hmm. we were like joking about how like dr- drone bass needs to come back, which I I think definitely. Um, but I also like we've been kind of making fun of the more minimal direction that. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything is kind of going, um, just cause it takes so much fucking longer to make like a neuro beat versus like a wubby track, you know, um, not mm-hmm, saying one mm-hmm. is better or worse, but definitely we were like, damn, like, and listening to like old melodic dubstep, like Elenium and shit versus yeah. like rhythm now, which is like so much more dumbed down and just being like, damn. yeah, for sure. I mean, like, let's get complex I- again. Let's just like make shit for producers and like not make things that are so simple that was like the kind of joke we were kind of making with that one (laughs) okay gotcha everything in a major key just sounds naive as fuck to me (laughs) dude it's just true man it's just true like everything in a major key like just sounds better if it was in minor you know like major just sounds like it's just corny it's just like not reality like real life sucks dude like you're going to feel shitty a lot and like mm-hmm. things are going to suck. And like minor is just like a much better representation of that. Like, have you ever heard a like swaggy major track? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Not as many, definitely it, more minor. Right. And if there is, if it is swaggy and major, like it would be swaggier in minor. <laughs> yeah. I get you. Um, all right, let's go on to another one. Cause I got a few here. You said you're not a producer if you've never sat in the dark at 2 a.m. watching Mr. Bill tutorials. <laughs> so true. Um, yeah, that's definitely just a fact. I feel like if you're a producer who wants to get better, you've definitely seen a Mr. Bill tutorial. That man knows so much about production. Um, I know. Yeah, he's so sick. Oh, this one I thought was interesting. You said late night thought. Do fans of experimental bass actually exist, or is it really just a horde of producers and their friends? <laughs> Dude, I actually think it is the latter. I don't know anyone who likes experimental bass who like isn't very closely tied to like production somehow, or like is in the industry, or like is friends with people who make it. 
No, and I feel like Saruta might be like the closest thing I've seen to like pe- being more popular, like in the experimental bass genre. Yeah, I mean, like it's just like I don't, I don't know of any. I don't, I haven't met anyone who's like, oh yeah, like I've never produced before, and I just like I love, um, I fucking like love Blake Skarin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows though? He's like definitely killing it. And yeah, he's popping like now. If you just, he's popping now. If you just rank up those uh, Spotify plays and like, especially Spotify, because I feel like that's the mainstream. Like, if you can become, yeah, dude, yeah, played on that. Spotify is. I'm rough on Spotify right now because none of my shit's listenable, and I'm not getting playlisted at all. Plus, I'm not really like focusing on it, but I definitely want to like step it up with Spotify. I got to make like more chill shit. I think. It's a different world. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. A lot of the chill tracks that people make end up on these like chill playlists and then you just get streamed so much. Yeah, I kind of hate that business model though, dude. Like I feel like there's so many more interesting ways you could do it. Because like it basically means that if your music is listenable like over and over again, if it's it's got like re-listen quality to it, Mm -hmm. it's like better. Like Spotify's entire like model is like artists who make easy to listen to music you know what i mean and that's not that's not like what dude like alan moore shit is like unlistenable but he's like clearly making fucking innovative and like amazing art but like he's not like popping on spotify i mean i just really think everyone like dude have you heard of alexander panos i don't think so um he has his track do you realize um he's like two tracks on soundcloud and has like 6k followers from those like two tracks all these producers are just like incredibly technical um but they still have sauce you know which is usually the two don't like exist together um okay well also i have another one that's uh works with what we were just saying mm-hmm. you said facilitate head bobbing in your music and your power will grow tenfold <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of producers just like forget to groove to their own tracks, you know? And that's like Mm. the most important thing. If you can't like head nod to your track and like follow your percussion, like that's a big problem. Like don't just like drag and drop your kicks to like, um, like if you're in halftime, like on the one and then on the four and then the one and then the four again, you know? Yes, it's broken beat, but there's still no groove, you know? Is 
there any like reasoning behind the names of some of these tracks like naga night's edge i'm just a fucking nerd dude i just like like nerdy shit naga is actually based off of like naga siren from dota 2 and Demon Eater is based off of Shadow Fiend. He's also in that video game. <laughs> um, but in general, I kind of like like lore and shit and all this stuff. Knight's Edge is a mm. Terraria reference. Is that the game where it's like, um, what's it called? Minecraft, like 2D? Yeah, it's kind of similar to that. Um, Knight's Edge is like this weapon you can you can get that's like super fucking. <laughs> it's like just OD. <laughs> oh, did you say OD or OP? Like OD, yeah. <laughs> but I, I meant OP as well, I guess. What does OD stand for? Overdose. Like too much. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've just never heard it called that. But that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I say that a lot. I feel like my friends say that a lot. Like, damn, you're being OD. Really? Is that like a California thing? We yeah, don't it might say be like a West Chicago. Coast thing. Yeah, it's probably a West Coast thing. <laughs> I say hella too, because, you know, bay. I say hella but that's when I'm really feeling like I dated a girl from the Bay, so mm. I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, that makes sense. Or mad. I feel like people, um, people in like the East Coast say mad a lot. It's just like stoner vocab, dude. Like, I'm assuming you probably smoke weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually on that like vape cartridge life now. Dude, so am I. I've been hitting the fucking G-Pen. It's just, I think it's better because you can just more like properly dose yourself opposed to just being like, oh shit, I'm like way too ripped right now. I mean, I feel like it just, I'm ripped at all times because of it though, you know? It's kind of like the jewel is just like, has destroyed me. <laughs> I'm just like constantly puffing at it, but I'm like, I'm like weaning off of it in a good way. I just like kind of forget about it for a couple days and then I try to like, you know, pace myself. do like a wrap-up question that I pretty much ask everyone at this point and that is what was the first concert you ever been to okay so I want to I want to like answer this twice because the first time I went to a concert actually the first show I'd ever been to was Coachella when I was like 18 so I went to like a super strict boarding school and I like was never really allowed to leave and so I never went to like a single show like at all like no live music nothing never experienced it and then the first thing I go to is fucking Coachella <laughs> um but that wasn't that fun because I was like with a bunch of people I didn't really fuck with like or didn't really fuck with me and I kind of like just didn't really enjoy it um so like the the concert that I really like the next thing I went to was like months later 
and it was like mm -hmm. hard day of the dead and that was fucking sick i went with like all of like these people that i'd like become really good friends with and like we all mm -hmm. rolled for the first time and it was like it was so fun like we saw zoo and this was in like when zoo was like not he's like pop as fuck now you know but at the time it was like he had just released fucking um moves like miss jackson and faded and that was like the summer afterwards but um or it was the fall after that summer that those tracks had come out and he just was like fully anonymous still like no one knew who he was he was playing behind like a white sheet um like Josafelstein. This is when Josafelstein was like touring and shit. Oh man, yeah, he's sick. I've seen him too. That was like an amazing, amazing experience. Definitely inspired me a lot to like. I didn't even like electronic music really before then. I liked like Zoo and like knew of Porter Robinson, you know. Um, uh huh. And I think I saw Porter Robinson like do his world shit live at that festival, and I was like crying oh. and shit. It was crazy. I'd like never even like wow. really. No, I didn't know that much about electronic music, and then after that, I kind of just dove in. So, would you say that that's like the most impactful concert? Because, like, I always wrap it up with like both what was your first concert and what was the most impactful concert that you've been to. Dude, um, I'll just say like a few impactful sets because I feel like I feel like I can't say that 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 was like impactful for me to get into electronic music, but like the people who like really informed me. Uh, mm -hmm. was at Organ Eclipse I saw Patrice Baumel who's this techno guy um, he makes okay. like cinematic progressive stuff and it was so beautiful it was like right before sunrise and I was with like a couple buddies and we were just full on like weeping um, wow and then besides that um, have you heard of Dela Moon Tribe she's this like local SoCal no DJ. she's been kind of coming up lately but she like this was like my first introduction to like neuro hop you know cause like the bass music I'd like liked before then was like very Lost Dogsy, which I, I still love those guys and I still love what they do. But like, I'm so deep in like the neuro sound now, and like I will say that this is the set that kind of put me in that direction. Like, she dropped this like Cursa track, I think. I think it was Cursa, um, and she'd been mm -hmm. playing like neurofunk D and B the whole time, or like it was like Liquid, then it was like neurofunk, and then she dropped it into halftime, and it was this huge Cursa track. And me and my friend literally just hit the floor. Like, we just, like, full-on just bowed. Like, <laughs> wow, it was, like, insane. Um, <laughs> it was so crazy. Um, and then besides that, dude, G. Jones fucking ripped it on the Ineffable Tour. Dude, that guy is, like, that man deserves a fucking Grammy. You think that they'll ever change the Grammys and add, like, hard bass music category? <laughs> Dude, I, I think it... I mean, there's so many people making it, dude. Like, there's so many producers now who are getting into it. And, like, there's so many people mm -hmm. that are getting into it. And it's still so new. It's only a matter of time before, like, people start recognizing that it's an active genre. You know? Like, there's going to be a yeah. Spotify playlist at some point, And it's going to be, like, experimental bass. That would be sick. It, it deserves, it so deserves its own playlist, dude. Like, I don't know what people at Spotify are doing if you're a tastemaker and you're not listening to this shit. Like, fuck you. <laughs> It's just like so disjointed at this point. SoundCloud is a whole world in it of itself. Like certain artists have music on Spotify, but then it's the people that know and are in the underground are like, oh yeah, you know, he's got some stuff on Spotify, but the best track he has is on SoundCloud. And it's just like, yeah. oh shit, there's still that disconnect.
Yeah, I mean, SoundCloud is just still, like, the best platform to, like, discover people, dude. Like, Spotify does not do a good job for, like, artists. Again, like, it's, like, easy listening. When you open SoundCloud, you're actively looking for new music. You're like, fuck. Yeah, you're, like, digging. Yeah. It's, like, digging through crates. You're like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. And, like, Spotify is, like, I'm going to listen to jazz or lo-fi while I work on homework. Right. Or, like, yeah, exactly. you have your fucking sex playlist or whatever. <laughs> so... I got into like harder electronic music because I was working out a lot um, like a few years ago mm-hmm. and I recently started working out again and I was listening speaking of G Jones like to his album and I was like damn this is the kind of shit that gets me like up and going but you know if I'm sitting at home it's a little aggressive yeah a little much yeah I agree I mean I I don't really listen to bass music like that much I only listen to it if I'm like digging on SoundCloud like literally listening to my homie shit or like if I'm driving with, like, a bunch of my friends in the car. Mm-hmm. You know? Driving, yeah. Driving's good, too. But besides that, like, my most listened to artist on Spotify is, like, Quickly Quickly. Uh-huh. Like, I listen to Player Dave a ton. That's so weird. I'm Charlie. the exact same way. It's like, I love that hard shit, but I just don't even listen to it that much. And that's why I feel like now that I'm, like, working out again more, mm-hmm. I feel lucky that I can dive back into that stuff that's yeah exactly like deep down like that's a shit that gets me like hyped you know yeah but it's like yeah any other time it's like yeah i'll put on masego i'll put on like fkj or tori ma or whatever (laughs) (laughs) you know but it's like i don't i don't like i mean don't get me wrong they're amazing musicians but like nothing about it i'm like oh this blows my mind right like it's just nice to listen to We'll see what the fuck happens. I mean, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, it's it is it is very interesting. The one chill track I will say, quick shout out to Flamingo or Flawed Mangoes now as he goes by Evan, but he has this track, No Motivation, and it's like the most fucking like beautiful like it's the only um like chill track that I've been like blown away by. Like just so like I'm just like, "Oh my fucking god, this is hard as fuck." Yo, man, well, I really appreciate it, man. And I, I look forward to hearing new music. Anytime after I talk to someone, I'm just like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, anytime you put out a track. So, dude, hell yeah, man. I really appreciate you fucking reaching out. This was a, a lot of fun. Producer. Producer.